0: I just realized I had been muted that whole time. You were muted the whole time. I thought you were just ignoring me. I was like, "Oh, oh, whoops." No, <laughs> we couldn't hear you. All right. Well, did no, you have anything time. insightful
1: that we missed there?
0: <laughs> no, I was like making jokes about like, "Oh, look, there's uh, this is Dave and Ferber's house time." Um, welcome. I made some joke like, "Welcome back to Ferber and Dave. Talk about houses." Mm-hmm. Um, that was fun. CapsCorner.com Podcast CapsCorner.com Your source Virginia sports I am Brad Franklin Publisher of CapsCorner.com Coming to you live From the place of Franklin State In the west end of Richmond Where it is Thursday? Question mark Thursday, August the 4th Virginia has opened Its fall training camp um, Which is the only reason We're recording on Thursday um, Shout out to Carl who, who messaged me on Twitter And was wondering Where the podcast was uh, Faithful listener And uh, much appreciated all right, we are going to talk about said football camp opening and all kinds of fun things around that, including I believe that the, the fellows have some um some some things to get off their chest in terms of some of the reaction that we've seen uh, <laughs> in various places um from from the fans. Uh, so we're apparently that's going to happen. Um before we get started, let's go around and introduce everybody. First in Fishersville, uh board moderator du jour, David Spence is on the program. How's it going, my dude?
2: You know, I've spent a lot of time on Twitter the past week, so not great. You know, I've seen some crazy stuff. Do y'all know Sam Blum has over sixteen thousand followers on Twitter? That's maybe defining. I need to find another social media outlet. Who days on the board at who days on
0: Twitter? And in Charlottesville, editor in chief is also on this year podcast. How's it going, my friend?
1: Yeah, it's hard to follow that up. Um I didn't know that, but yeah, he's making a name for himself, I guess. Never know. Um I did have a quick story though, real quick. Add Justin Unders referred on Twitter. So yesterday I was like walking through the indoor facility at practice and um, you know, I was walking back after they showed us the black uniforms and I was talking to somebody and <laughs> oh I was I wasn't supposed to say that. Oh my god, can we cut that?
0: <laughs> they showed us the black uniform. Can we cut that? no,
1: it was supposed to be like it's like off the record. Like I'm not oh, supposed to talk about that. Man. Oh no, I'm sorry. They don't have black uniforms because black isn't a color that you get wears. <laughs>
2: There goes session one of our discussion. Yeah, uh,
0: let's. Let, all right, wait. Let's save that. At, at Cavs underscore corner on Twitter, at Cavs underscore corner, great place for in-game updates, and content items, and the occasional Woody banter. Also, Cavs Corner now has an Instagram. It's Cavs. I'm sorry. It's Cavs two underscore corner. I don't know why. That, that was, was a surprise
1: yesterday when it was like you've been tagged on Instagram. You like that? Yeah, like, yeah, that's what? yeah. We,
0: we're 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 uh. What's the dude say? Um, you know, brother, we're out there. We're mass communicating. Um, but no, like uh, I don't know why it got weird, and and even though I have Cavs Corner has a page on Facebook, which you should also like uh, on 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 the Facebook if you're still there. Um, I don't know why it, it like it got weird when I tried to set it up, and it was like no, you can't have Cavs underscore Corner, that's already taken. And then I would go to sign up, and it would be like that's available, and I'm like, wait, what? It was just the strangest thing. So anyway, it's calves with two underscores in the corner um that is not a great place for the EM updates um probably not the content items but maybe some banter I don't know we'll see mostly just pictures that we take here there and everywhere pictures um, of orange and blue uniforms about orange filters. and blue no black all right uh do, do we want to handle the the I guess we should let's let's talk wait no 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 wait I have a story to tell I have a story to tell um it, this is this is that part where I wish that I could have like a clean version of uh BG's uh, story to tell and just have the little a little guitar in the background. Anyway, all right. Um a how do I describe this? A a listener of the podcast who is who is connected to Virginia sports is the best way I think I can frame this. Calls me the other night. Wait, he technically texted me and then told me to call him, to which I did. All right. And he's like I was listening to the podcast while you got while I was cutting grass and you guys are talking about all ACC voting. I'm like, "Yeah." He's like, "You missed the the worst one." And I was like, "What's the worst one?" He was like, a few days before the voting, the kid from BC, the offensive lineman, tells Pete Thamel that he tore his ACL and he's not going to play. Several days later, he's voted first-team All-ACC. There's a guy on the All-ACC team who everybody should have known was injured and isn't going to play, and he still made All-ACC preseason first-team. And I was so like, so maybe
1: it's not that important after all. <laughs>
0: <laughs> so hashtag, why are we all upset? No, but like, can you imagine telling? I mean, and like, it was, it's out there, like on Pete Dammel's Twitter. You know, that's you wild. See? But I mean, like, and no, and like, nobody noticed, right? Now, full disclosure, I didn't notice, right? We didn't notice, right? Yeah. If we had, we would have skewered the crap out of people because we were definitely in a skewering um, uh, mood last week. But I just thought that that was hysterical. That like, here we are getting all bent out of shape. About you know this that Whatever on the voting and there's a dude who's literally Not going to play and it wasn't Like he got hurt since the voting no no he got hurt Before
1: I would love to Have been in the conversation when like the Boston College SID went to him and was like Hey congrats you made preseason all BCC.
0: You're not <laughs> going like, to play what? this season But you have <laughs> you, you can be comforted By the idea that people thought you were going to Have a good year you're not going to have the Good year but they thought you were going to mm-hmm. Alright so let's talk about The start of fall camp finally you know Actual players on the actual field In actual formations and such Even though technically speaking I don't know if You really got to see but so much Actual football feels like you You got to see a lot of like individual stuff I mean um, it wasn't like
1: Broncos first Practice where it was like I mean we actually I think Had full practice that day but like that Was yeah that was wild um, That was It wasn't like that where guys were like rolling On the ground and stuff
0: Yeah the uh, Broncos first practice Man.
1: I just remember like Kurt Benker doing this drill where he had to like throw the ball and then run and then like do like roll on the ground like a, you know, like a barrel a roll. roll and then yeah. like get up and keep running. I was like, it looks really difficult. Like I will give them that, but I don't really know how this is going to help them like win any games.
0: Yeah. The um, man, some of those drills, the will before skill drill or the I think they just called it the will. That's drill. what it was. Yeah, it was that, that, thing, yeah. that thing was bananas. Anyway. All right. Meanwhile, back in, in the future, current, present. All right. Um, man, future, current, present That's a good uh, That's a good title Alright um, well, Give me your I mean, it's the biggest takeaway How involved 2T seems to be In this whole deal Like, is that the biggest takeaway for you? Because, like, you didn't get to see You know, like, a full-on practice, right? They weren't going, like, 11 on You in full pads or anything like that So, uh, other than, like, health, right? Other than, like, you know, Dave momentarily freaking out about a certain player who was not actually hurt, but just happened to be somewhere in a picture that was and tongue in cheek,
2: but keep playing on just keep laying on me.
0: Oh, no, it was fun, though. It was so funny because like like Ferber had not sent the picture like more than like six seconds and you were on it, man. Like that's the fa- that's my favorite part. My favorite part of it is not that you like identified it. It was like how fast you did. And, and, and he, I mean like we call you hand ringer in chief for a reason I mean come on I was also like
1: walking back towards my car and like took it over my shoulder Like it wasn't anything that I was like trying to like get That's anything really in the picture It's really
0: funny I, I, yeah, I you think couldn't you even even it, it Dave I thought it was, I thought it was awesome I hey, Listen if it had been me I, You guys want to talk about it it would have been fine Alright But you didn't see a lot of like football football right um, So other than like trying to verify that like there's nobody you know in a cast that you know wasn't expected to be Right Other than that, like a first practice can sometimes be a little bit nebulous, right? And I'm just curious, what was your biggest sort of takeaway as you drove away that night? Yeah, my head was kind of
1: spinning for the first like 15 minutes just because, um, and for one, it had been a few years since I've been to a spring or a practice at all because of COVID and everything. Um, But you know, like when when there's a coach, there's like a, you know, there for a while, you have like a certain way of doing things. There's a cadence, you know, like this comes after this and you kind of have an idea of how things are going to work this is the first time I've seen this staff practice. So you're kind of trying to like take it all in and figure out like what's going to be next and like what you need to be watching and all of that stuff. And yeah, I mean like early on, I would say like, you know, it felt normal. Everybody, they went through all their drills and, you know, like stretching and all that stuff. And then, you know, broke into individual position groups and things like that. There were some special teams work early and then they kind of got into some drills with different personnel groups where it was like, you know, ball security or like there was a, a drill, where the quarterbacks would like it was like pop passes and jet sweeps and then running like basically like you either pass it to the receiver in motion or you hand it off that sort of thing to running backs and you know I kind of took that in and tried to watch some other position groups and things like that but yeah I mean what I was sort of taking in was like how each guy teaches and you're not going to learn a lot about like schematics and things like that from that sort of an open practice just because you know, you're not actually watching them run plays and stuff like that. It's more individual techniques and stuff like that. But yeah, I was pretty impressed with the the energy of the coaches and like the teaching that was going on and the hands-on. Um, you mentioned Tony Elliott, like he not only, I mean, like every coach has a different way of doing it. And I don't, when you say it was like my takeaway, I wouldn't say like, oh, this is like how everything's going to go, you know, necessarily like, you know, when they're doing 11 on, he's not going to be like, you know, stopping them to coach a guy or something like that. But um, it was interesting to see him like running drills and like being involved right. instead right. of just kind of like Bronco. And I, I don't mean this as a criticism at all. No, but, like, no, Bronco would right. Bronco would just float and kind of like right. watch different things, but wouldn't really. I didn't see a lot of him like talking. You know, he's just kind of taking it in. Right.
0: Um, which is and kind then of Mike would like,
1: kind of do something in between where he yeah, would like right. not he would float, but then he would like say something and then he'd float more. You know,
0: which is kind of what what's kind of what um, Tony did in the spring. Right. He, mm-hmm. he wasn't as like leading the charge in the spring as it sounds like he was or he currently I guess he's going to be because, um, I mean, it seems like a lot of people talked. It seems like yesterday about how, you know, in the mix he was like in the in the muck of it, you know, mm-hmm. um, yeah. what about, you, you know, you, you got to see a lot of like, well, pr- first off, you got to see players with numbers. How was that? That was I think, nice Yeah I, yeah, I mean I'm,
1: some of them Have changed So like I was like Who was number seven On defense it Oh yeah James Jackson I was like oh okay Like alright got it Um, And then like some of the Lineman numbers And stuff like that You have to re-familiarize But yeah that was nice That was definitely yeah. a, a nice thing
0: <laughs> Um, In terms of like But you, you got to see guys And you got to see You know it was easy To figure out who was who But any any um Like any physical changes Anybody you, you saw And you were like whoa I mean obviously Lavelle Davis No 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 uh, no brace or anything is, is right. great news, but but in general, just anybody because like I I saw that picture they put of uh, I think it was on Instagram it was Logan Taylor and he was in a jersey. I mean he looked like a whole different human um, compared to where he was last year as a freshman. But anybody stand out to you physically? Anybody who looked like they've really sort of transformed a little bit between the, you know then and now? The defensive line
1: as a group, um, I would say they they look bigger and deeper in terms of like, you know, you add those transfers in and I think like you can say, okay, there's some playable depth here. And then those guys look ready to go. Um, I would say that group and then the running backs. um, I I expect, I mean, just everything I've heard and seen and just kind of like taking in the quotes from coaches at the media thing. I know we haven't talked since then, Um, but like, it seems like Mike Collins is probably going to be the, I don't want to say he's like got the job as the top running back, but like he kind of has a leg up maybe. Um, And, you know, he looked good. I know he had some cramping issues in practice at some point, but you know, that whole group looks good from the guys that are older to Cody Brown, to to Xavier Brown, the freshman. I I think that group looks pretty solid. Um, And then in terms of like the linemen, I think they look about what you would expect. I think some of the older guys that are going to play more, um, you know, I think they look good. Some of the younger guys, you know, they're just getting into a college conditioning program. So I think there's probably some work to do there, but that's fine.
0: One more for you for, before I come back over to Dave. Um, speaking of conditioning program, we have, we have seen a lot of Smotherman, um, you know, on social and stuff. I mean, part of, mm-hmm. part of his job is to sort of, you know, work with the guys and not really be seen or heard for a while. Right. Um, you know, the, the kids say, you know, go, go into the lab or whatever. Um, but you said one of your things, one of your notes that I thought was really funny was, <laughs> you know, the way he barks and stuff. Once the energy level went up, you can hear him from Crozet basically. Cause he's, you know, pretty, pretty up there. Um, but that made me, it kind of made me think about the whole staff in general. What was it like to see all these new faces, new dudes out there coaching, um, who, what stood out to you about the various, you know, new members of the staff, be that, you know, whether smotherman or anybody else.
1: Yeah. I mean, I, I kind of tried to get a little bit of everything with the new guys. Honestly, I didn't get to the defensive part of the field as much just because they were far away and it was harder for us to get over there. Um, But tomorrow I'll try to do that. Um, But yeah, I would say like the thing that stood out to me was the teaching and the energy and, and I got, there was like a lot of directness with the staff, but not like not yelling for the sake of yelling. I know we've seen that before with other staffs, like, and obviously not just UVA staffs, other staffs in general. But um, yeah, I mean, I, I, I think I was impressed the most by just like the teaching and the emphasis on different things and the hands on um, like Gaither, whenever a running back would come through like the drill they were doing, he would have something to say to them, like a, a technique yeah. or something, um, you know, and, and Taylor Lamb was helping him with that drill. And then like I watched kitchings with the tight ends and, you know, he's he's really hands on with them. And obviously, 2J, we kind of know what to expect. I think he's he's going to be himself. Um, Tony Elliott, obviously like, and it's not just like Tony Elliott, like, you know, there was a lot of pictures with the, the punching bag thing that he, or like the, the glove on the yeah. stick. <laughs> and that was cool. Like, I mean, he's involved, but he was also like doing a lot of teaching and like returner drills and stuff like that about like, you know, watching the ball in flight and things like that. That was cool. One of the things that kind of stood out to me and down, I want to mention Kevin Downing too. He was the first coach I saw out there, like at the very beginning of practice, it looked like he was doing something with, I guess you could call them like the scout team. Um, It was like a lot of younger guys, but I mean, it's hard for me to know exactly what their intention is with every drill, you know, like what, what they're trying to accomplish. Um, One of the things I would say though, is that the coaches kind of float. Like there was some special team stuff going on earlier on. And it seems like they're kind of doing that by committee in a way. Like, I mean, Gaither's a special teams coach, but you know, I saw other coaches kind of like getting involved there um, and, you know, like talking to individual guys and things like that. So it seems like there might be some, Sharing going on and like collaboration, and that kind of makes sense given that the staff is made up of a few guys that have floated between different positions throughout their careers.
0: I mean, I can just, I, I just can envision, you know, the way people described it is Tony Elliott just scurrying around, um, but that, you know, that's not really the way it works, right? Like he's floating in between, but he's he's probably already in his mind, he understands because he knows what the what the what the you know the breakdown of practice is. He's he probably has a plan for where he's going to be. Um, and he's, and that's, you know, he just kind of, it, it feels if you're watching it, like maybe it's random, but to him, um, you know, it, it's more, uh, it's more planned out. Dave, and I do have
1: one of, more note real quick. At the end of practice, me. he talked to them for a while. Like oh, yeah, okay, it wasn't like a quick, yeah. Cause we came back to, to talk to him and I mean, it, it was hard. We were kind of far away, but he was, I don't, I don't think he was like mad at them, but I think it was kind of like a, this is day one. Like you saw what it was like the tempo I think got to some guys and he even mentioned in his like comments afterwards that there, you know, it seemed like they kind of tapered off at the end of practice. And there were a few guys like cramping up and like getting treatment and stuff like that at the end. I don't think no serious injuries or anything from what I could tell, but, um, you know, just like fatigue and it was really hot out there. So I think he was kind of like, Hey, like reemphasizing, like the need to hydrate and things like that. But, um, you know, he was very vocal at the end of practice when they wrapped up, but that was interesting to see. And I don't think he was like mad at them or like unhappy with the effort, but I think he realizes that like they needed to kind of set the expectations.
0: Right. Dave, we're going to come back to talking a little bit about sort of the reaction, so to speak from the non, you know, whatever. I'm just curious about your reaction. Um, you know, hearing all of this has the preseason awesomeness disease set in yet. Uh, are you starting to experience some symptoms? You know, how are, how are, how's that going for you now yeah, that there's actually, I actual need nose, so think it's headed.
2: Yeah, I'm you know, so getting a little sniffle. I don't think I'm fully there yet, but I know, I know I've know i been around some people. Um, it's coming, but, it's coming. yeah, like, we're, we're not there yet. But You really ran with that joke. I appreciate it. No, I mean, I mean that's kind of how I feel. Like, I, I can feel the symptoms coming on. I noticed I watched, like, every second of practice video I could find. Um, yeah, I think you know, Virginia Sports posted the Tony Elliott thing last night late and it had this annoying whine in it. Um, but I still watched it like two times and make sure I didn't miss anything. So yeah, the, I've been around patient zero. Now it's just time to get infected, but (laughs) that was interesting. Yeah. Um, it was really cool to, you mentioned it, like just seeing the numbers, like I didn't realize how big of a difference that made, um, you know, last year in the last half, half decade plus you watch that first practice and you spend as much time. You Watch a play you like, and then you got to stop it and try to zoom in and see who it was. Or you see a guy playing line, you're like, That's a pretty big dude, who's that? Um, the line is the
1: hardest part because you're like, They all look so big, and it's like, Who's that guy? You know, (laughs) like, yeah, even with the numbers, it's
2: not easy, right? You got to take a second because oh, yeah, the numbers are new, so you got to look them up. But, um, I mean, I was excited about what I saw, like, because I'm heading into preseason, also missed disease, but um, I thought you know there reports about Tony floating around and, you know, that, that whole thing makes sense, right? Like he's literally never coached with anyone you know, recently on this staff. So, you know, if you're the CEO and you got a bunch of new, you know, bunch of new managers doing their job, you're going to go around and see how they're doing. Um And I was going to ask Justin, like, cause I noticed watching some of the, some of the clips that, you know, cinema seemed to be working with the defensive line guys at one point. Um, they were doing like a scoop drill or something, um, you know, just taking guys' legs out. But so it, it did seem that there was some cross training going on with the coaches and look, yeah. Yeah. You know, Bronco probably felt some of his personality, some of his coaching, but you know, Bronco probably probably felt comfortable just kind of float sitting there and just kind of watching because he knew how the guys taught yesterday. Tony got a chance to f- see how the guys work with the players They had had it in spring, but this is the first time he's had it in fall camp. So, um, I like in the team, like physically, I thought the team looked great. Um, you know, the defensive line, considering what they lost, like the defensive line looks bigger than they did last year, even having to replace you know Mandy and and other guys. But in the offensive line, I mean, I think everyone who's a Virginia fan is going to spend every second they can trying to look at every clip of offensive line play just to see what's going on. But like, there won't be a size issue there. Obviously there's an experience issue, but you know, those guys look pretty good um, size wise. So let's just <laughs> get him in shape. I, uh, you know, you, you've got a good quarterback. You got to, you, you've got plenty of pieces. Um, you know, there was one negative is just, you know, friend of the podcast, Malika not seeing him out there kind of sucked because he, you know, he's my, my sleeper pick for every, every prop bet we've got coming up. Yeah. He, he I was going to ask if you were going to keep
1: the seven touchdowns or whatever you said it was going <laughs> to be.
0: <laughs> if he can give me two
2: games. Yeah. <laughs>
0: okay. Um. So a couple things, first off, I I want to say for, I want at least want to give people the background for like what we're talking about in case, you know, folks, folks who maybe listen to the podcast but are not necessarily subscribers. So they haven't read Ferber's practice notes or don't know the situation. So the way this works is, media members can come to practice for a certain amount of time. Usually that's stretching plus 30 minutes. Right. Um, and then at that point practice is closed and then you come back after practice to talk to, to Tony and the players. So folks like Ferber, folks like I'll probably go, um, next Saturday. Um, what we're seeing in those moments, right, is whatever, essentially whatever the staff decides we can see. So sometimes you'll go in the opening period, will be, you'll get some, you know, maybe here and there you might get some seven on stuff every once in a while. Maybe you'll get a look at some 11 on. But realistically, a lot of what you're getting is individual drill work. But you're not so you're not really seeing what I would call true football. So one of the reasons we're not in here talking about who's going to start at left guard or whatever is because they didn't show that to us. Now, sometimes you can tell based on like yeah. where guys line up. You can where they like, do drills, like right exactly. line drills, they do, Where they like the whole do, first team, right? Line. Exactly. Yeah. You can get a you can get a group together, or you know, pay attention to where guys are in line. Sometimes they even, you know, I've seen some years where you could tell just based on where they warm up, right? And when I say that, I mean like when they're actually stretching and stuff. I'm not even talking about like once they're actually you know in formation. I'm talking about like when they're in, yeah. you know, stretching because a lot of times it's like hierarchy, right? It's it's essentially like the guys who are in front are the dudes who are going to be in front you know on on the on the depth chart. So and tomorrow
1: we might get something different like they might open with like I've seen Bronco practices where they went like straight into 11 on 11 like to right. start practice.
0: And right now they're still in shells which basically means helmets and shoulder pads. They're not wearing they're not in full pads yet so they they're not doing any f- sort of full contact. Has Tony talked at all about his plan in terms of you know are they gonna are they gonna go thump are they gonna go to the ground what's has he said anything about that yet forever that you've seen
1: nah i don't think so okay. um i kind of asked um john radzinski about tackling in the spring and just kind of like to see you know what he would say about it and He didn't, he didn't say a whole lot. He was just kind of like, yeah, it's a big emphasis, but he didn't say like, we're going to like tackle more live. They 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 can't go
2: full pads until next Tuesday. So, yeah. Well, that's what
0: I was going to say is they can't, you know, and they, you know, it's basically like they're not allowed to go full pads until the certain number of practice. There's like acclimation days. Right. It's the acclimation days. Right. So they, they're practicing every other day. Um, I believe right now, right. In now they practice. Did they practice? They the practice. Time. Okay, they practice every day. So it's a certain number of practices. Um, you just you can you use them however you want. I
1: think you just can't do like there's a certain there's a limit on like hours and things. So right. some teams like I they used to do like two days like back in the day. Yeah. Um. And then they kind of the got away from that. Yeah. But you can like choose when your off days are going to be, when your scrimmages are going to be, all that right. stuff to kind of balance it out. And they ha- and now a lot of that comes from like this trainers and stuff too, like and you it's know, worth what the noting. load management is
0: right. And it's also worth noting, too, that like for guys who maybe who aren't out there, right, for whatever reason, maybe you, you sprung a giblet and you, you didn't get to go the first day, you still have to acclimate, right? So even if the rest of the team is in full pads, you started after them, then you got to you got to go through another practice without it. So the, it's not just that the team itself, that practice, it's it's anybody who wasn't you know, yeah. in that process with them. The other thing I was going to say is, is that, you know, one of the things about the staff to Ferber's point, you know, about Tony finally being able to see him coach, like, is that he knows these guys from varying different, you know, connections and such, right? He hired them for a reason, but he, this is the first time, you know, he's obviously seen them in spring, but this is the first time that like, there's some urgency, right? And I think that there's a difference between spring ball and fall camp just simply because now one you you should have all your pieces right fall I mean, spring ball you're you're you've got a whole bunch of walking wounded over there you got a bunch of dudes out because they got surgery in the offseason right um you're dealing with a lot of freshmen who didn't play as res rookies guys who maybe saw sometime but not a lot really what you're trying to do in the spring is you're trying to kind of move the ball forward right you're trying to move everybody together for them in the spring that I means they were just trying to figure out each other's names and stuff right um now, now it matters Now it counts Right You're Now you're You're trying to get them ready To a place where they can actually prep This is also the first time That you're seeing Tony and his And him, himself Go through What account Or what amounts to Like a game prep Right Certainly they're not like You know Doing everything And anything You know Everything is Richmond Right But this is the start Of his You know His program This is the start Of him You know Gearing up for a season I would imagine That there could be Some changes Some tweaks Here and there Right Things that like he learns, you know, as as they go forward. But you get, I think, you just the reason that what I'm building to here is like personalities change when there's pressure, right? Who you are in the moment when things are a little bit different than spring ball, even when you're brand, especially when you're brand new, probably, right? A little different than when you're trying to get your team ready to go. And I can, uh, I'm very curious to see how you know some of those, um, you know, those places where different guys are working together who haven't worked. I'm just really curious how some of that plays out because I'm kind of fascinated at the way, you know, UVA went from one of the most unique staffing situations with Bronco, basically bringing everybody from a previous staff to now this one, which is very unique in and of itself. So I'm really curious to see how that works out over the next few weeks.
2: Yeah. I thought, you know, I mean, just going back to what Tony said last night, um, I was kind of his press conference after I thought was really good. You know, he, he, I thought he was, you know, he he praised the guys he needed to praise, but he wasn't, you know, he was critical of the team too. He mentioned how, you know, they kind of came out too excited and um, maybe gassed themselves a little bit. And then the last 10 minutes or so, the offense wasn't performing up to the standard he wanted. So um, I think that's good because we, we all think, you know, you would think despite the offensive line changes and the scheme changes, you know, the offense is where, you should feel comfortable in this team. And I thought it was good. He kind of wouldn't say called him out, but he, he, you know, he didn't give him a pass on kind of the end of practice. And then Mike Collins, RB one, you know, <laughs> presumed RB one, um, you know, Tony, wasn't afraid to, that's when, you know, Justin and I were talking, Texan about earlier. I, I don't think, you know, it, it's pretty clear to, to me and, and obviously Justin that, that, uh, Mike Collins' RB1 because of the way Tony kind of brought up his cramping issue, you know, saying the, the best ability is availability and that was a teaching moment. So I don't think you bring that up to a guy who's third string um, or second string even. So I kind of like that candor we got from him because, you know, a lot of when you introduce a new coach, it's all like rah-rah and everything's great. So it's good to see him kind of get into the next phase of coaching, which is being critical when you need to be for the sake of you know, pushing your team and that kind of thing. So, and that also means football is closer, which excites me. We're less than, we're like less than a month away from kickoff. So we um, are, it's yeah, true. Next week I'll have us a 12 and 0.
0: Also uh, we're, we're
1: one random, random thing. The, uh the Cavs corner kicker has a pretty good leg.
0: The, the Cavs corner kicker. I love it. Um, So for, I want to, I'm going to say this. I just, I just love the the way this worked out in your notes. Um, But it was funny because you, you're like um, You said Lavelle Davis didn't have race on da, 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 And your next bullet point is The transfers on the defense including Davis from South Carolina Who was huge Oh yeah <laughs> And Davis I, is from South Carolina. Davis is and he, from, is he is huge. It's huge. And so, but but that's a kid we have. Uh, not the the guy they
1: transferred the transfer yeah, 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 from yeah. South Carolina, from the actual is, university. He is big. Of. Yeah, he's, yeah. A, he's a big boy.
0: I was um, like, who is that?
1: <laughs> I was like, oh yeah, I forgot about this guy. But,
0: but so what I when you when I read that, what the the vision I got in my head was you and I walking out of the at the ACC championship game, um, right? Mm. And we saw these
2: dudes. We should tell Tony Elliott that. about that. <laughs> yeah. When you, you guys texted me we, in this – I was yep. in the stands and I got a text. They're like, "Uh, this thing will be good." <laughs> 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 have
0: we ever told that the story? Guy the guy wasn't even before? in pads or anything. He was know, standing in the hall the in like his, his
1: pants and like walked, an under. He literally
0: just walked out of the locker room. We were like, "Well, this is a loss. Like, this is a <laughs> This is not good." Uh, have we ever told that story of the podcast before? Should we tell it? And I was like, "I don't even know if that guy plays." I know he could. He literally could never have spl- taken a snap, and it wouldn't have mattered. Right? It was all right. So f- for folks who so. Uh, Ferber and I come off Of the The elevator From uh, from the press box And that dump uh, At the stadium it Bank dumps of you in, America stadium yeah, yeah It dumps you In this like hallway And so you walk down This hallway And then you sort of Pop out into what I can best describe to you As like the bowels Of the stadium Right The tunnel Yeah There's like a tunnel That kind of wraps around Underneath the seats Right And this is the way The players would Sort of run around The bottom As they're on their way To the locker room Okay So we take a left or I believe it was a left And we're walking out Toward the field And as we, as we're passing Clemson's locker room, a couple of dudes come out, and there was this one kid. He had to be what six, five, six, six, five and a half. Yeah, and, I would uh, say he was
1: definitely like a defensive tackle. Oh or yeah, one like hundred He was like,
0: it, no, he was he was definitely a, a, like a nose tackle or something. Defensive tackle, yeah. He was he was a solid three bills at least. All right, but he he moved he moved like a point guard i can't even and he was like it and he was like he was like
1: six six or something it, like, was, it, was, it was just big, a big huge it was huge, ridiculous huge. like you and know. it was
0: like and i was like oh we don't really have dudes like that you know what i'm saying it was one of those like and i understand like people talk about like you know you know the the guys you know who, who were there because they look good coming off the bus i just wanted to, i just so ferber and i saw the dude we looked at each other we're like yeah this is not gonna be good um <laughs> But I, I, but I, the, the, when you I read your description of of the Davis kid from from South Carolina, and that's what kind of made me think of. Um, are we better off on the defensive front than I thought? Like, because I think that that was one of those. I was always I, I think going into the season at least a couple months ago. You know, the thought process was it's all about the trenches, right? You sort of know if, if even if on defense you're not sure what they're going to do. Um, schematically, and you're, you're not really sure like who's going to step up at certain spots. You have a decent idea of what that pecking order might look like. and you and you're probably excited about dudes off the edge, right? They've got they seem to have a bunch of these like outside linebacker types, you know, edge guys who who, while they haven't put a whole lot of scraps together yet, just kind of give you good vibes, right? Maybe 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 they're going to be better on the defensive front than I thought, and I'm not sure what you guys think about that, or if that's just the the preseason awesomeness is starting to take me over too. Um, how do we? How are we feeling? Let's do a status check about the defensive line. I um, think there's reasons
1: for think? optimism. Yeah, okay. I mean, I, I'm not gonna. I don't think you're gonna fix everything overnight, but you know, like last week talking to Coach Downing about Jameer Carter's development and like what he's seeing from the guys, I mean, he seemed to be you know, optimistic, but reasonable about it. And then, you know, like last night we got to talk to Aaron Falmui and he was talking about, you know, the work that they've put in and and how the transfers have like come in and he's like, you can tell they've been around college football. Like they're not the acclamation of, you know, like they're getting into UVA football is not like a freshman. Right. Um, even though they're new and, you know, you can see that like their maturity, um, you know, and Butler I think is there's reasons for optimism that he could be one of the best players on the defense, given his productivity. Um, and then, you know, like last night, um, Tony Elliott mentioned Jack camper, um, a guy that I feel like kind of gets forgotten about because, mm-hmm. because he got, he came in so early. Um, mm-hmm. and you know, I, 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 he was here in the spring, so I think he might have a chance to play more than people are giving him credit for perhaps. Yeah. Um, and then not to spoil what's in the video, um, and I didn't this was uh you know like I didn't ask for this information if <laughs> if anybody wants to know. Um but you know he basically Aaron Fat yesterday basically told me like they're gonna have like a four man front. So like I mean that's not like a huge surprise, I guess, but it is you know an interesting tidbit of information that kind of gives you an idea of how they might line up.
0: Yeah. So. Well and if nothing else, if it it, it it underscores, you know, sort of that they do have a plan. I think I think some people And we're going to transition to basically um, the airing of grievances here in a few minutes. Um, I think some people are a little bit nervous because they they hear quotes from like Rudzinski or whoever about like tailoring the 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 scheme to the talent and stuff, and they're a little bit worried because and and on some level I think I understand this. The idea being that um, that if you're not that if you don't have a system that you're necessarily coaching to, then you're not going to be as As prepared to to install it it. exactly that it's essentially right exactly that you're basically sort of making it up as you go along, which I think most good coaches on some level are right. Like maybe I mean anybody who's watched Virginia basketball, I mean yeah, the pack line doesn't necessarily change all that much, but there are there are different knobs and stuff that you can sort of tweak here and there. Um, Certainly, the offensive system has changed. I, I think that. If you're coming in as a brand new staff and you're trying to make everybody fit into the same box, that's just maybe, maybe down the road you try to do that, but man, you can't, you, you kind of can't come in and just, you know, force that to, to, to work out. But I also don't think that, um, even if they were kind of changing things up, that doesn't necessarily mean that it's necessarily making it up. Changing it up is not the same thing as making it up. And I, and I feel like there's, there's some folks out there who are a little bit nervous, about the idea of them sort of tailoring the, the thing to them And so Falmui kind of coming out and saying what, what he told you about the, the four man front um, I mean, I, I, I like I said, I have been thinking about it a lot recently And certainly after hearing some of the things and seeing some video and stuff I'm like, oh, okay, well maybe maybe they're going to be better up front than I thought Maybe, maybe I didn't give them enough um, credence for, for this and that um, Anything else on this stuff before we move over to uh, Complaint Corner?
2: Um, yeah, I mean, I'd I'd say overall the defensive line. If you think about it, they're replacing Alonzo and Redman, right, with a uh, Camper and Davis, and then I think Ben Smiley is going to be a different player because he's just a guy who needed a fresh start. You know, he's sort of like Andrew Brown when Bronco mm-hmm. got here. Yeah, he and was, they talk yeah, up, they talk him up
1: like they talk him up like he's been really productive because I think they're like he's really talented and they you know they might not care about all the stuff that happened right. before.
2: Yeah, yeah, it's sneakily it's sneakily similar to Andrew Brown, mm-hmm. you know who. Um, all the talent in the world, just some reason didn't, I mean, I think that no, no,
0: no, no, no. I don't think that there's no, 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 no. Listen, one of the things about having been the, 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 the veil slid or whatever, I can tell you straight up, that's a problem of coaching. That was a problem of personnel. That was a problem because his defensive coordinator was a jerk. One specific tre- person. Yeah. I mean <laughs> ultimately. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Like, know, he just treated sh- the kid like scenery. absolute crap. Yeah, yeah. And I don't think I, I mean, I think Ben Smiley certainly I think is going to benefit from the change of scenery. I don't disagree with that at all. But and I and I do see the similarities you're talking about. I just want to make clear that like what Andrew had to deal with. Was markedly worse I mean Ben kind of oh, got give caught up in the Tanuna a different, yeah, different that, and, and again and I don't think that There's I put it to you like it's I have talked To guys who were on those teams Who will tell you straight up that like he rode That kid it was almost like he was Offended that he got a good player And I just which has never Made any sense to me but I digress. And um, different people yeah.
1: respond to different kinds of coaching. Of I think, but but yeah. I think I think Dave's right that there are some parallels. Like Ben Smiley, oh, yeah, I didn't sure. talk no, to him last sure. night, but yeah. like he literally said, like he considered quitting football. Andrew Brown said that like Bronco saved his career. Saved his career, yeah, he did. Yeah, yeah, so I think right. there's some parallels.
2: No, I agree. Yeah, no, yeah, no, yeah, yeah. I, I mean, there, there are some people who might think Hal and Tanu are similar. They're not, but <laughs> they 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 both have a common thread. Um. Anyway, the uh, <laughs> and then you look at guys like Diada and um Sue, like. I'm not never going to pronounce his name on a podcast Uh, 30. Thank you. Um, that's some good size, you know, and then you got Bryce Carter, like there's a lot of depth there. Um, and hopefully in a scheme that benefits them a little more, you know, I mean, I feel bad because all of us were kind of excited about the three, three, five going into last season. Um, I don't think it was used in the way we hoped it was and we'll all admit we were wrong on that. I'm sure. But, um, no, I was right. Yeah, I don't know what about. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But but they use it more as a stack system. I mean, and it you know, right. you know, so that meant the defensive linemen weren't really doing anything dynamic. And my my hunch is the four man line we're gonna see is gonna involve a the fourth guy being a Cam Butler, a Michael Green, you know, a Chica. Like stand up player. Yeah, a more of a Daryl Blackstock role in the in a four man front. So look I I don't think it's a I don't think we made a step back on the defensive line, but If anything, they're even and in a scheme that will protect them a little better than what we saw last year.
0: Not to mention that look at them just from a number standpoint, right? Like one of the things that that the staff did a really nice job of was bringing in transfer dudes. And even if those guys are not necessarily like play every snap kind of starters, right? Like they have a lot more talent around the defensive line. I mean, the Butler kid in of himself, like that's just a it's it, it, that's a huge get for them, you know. Like there there are a handful of them, you know, all, just on the defensive side of the ball that are like that. Um, I, I think Davis could absolutely be like that too. Um, you know, when hey, you have him and you. Carter and mm-hmm. um, uh, and uh, together, that's a hell of a that's a hell of a group inside. You know what I mean?
2: Yeah. Quick question for you, Ferber. Since you got to see him in person last night, mm-hmm. you know, because obviously having a couple of guys walk out in front of the other team's media is a good thing to. Help the other teams media spread <laughs> spread rumors about your impending doom which which two what are the who are your two front of the bus guys on the roster
0: <laughs> your two front of the bus guys
2: you mean the guys to, to, yeah, throw like to walk off, off the off? bus first yeah the guys
0: you want you <laughs> guys you want to walk off first it and, doesn't matter if they're good the,
2: the guys that look will instill that fear in the other team um Oz-wise.
1: that's a good question um you met like some of the defensive linemen like Sue and Diotto would probably be pretty high on the list for me. Um, Mike Green just kind of like looks like a football player. Um, you know, he's got that, he just has that like outside linebacker look. Um, James Jackson is like big. Um, I wrote that in the notes. So I was like, man, that like, I was like, who was that guy? Cause he changed numbers. Um, uh, those guys. Crazy
2: um, looks big too. We yeah. Talked about him in the text Yeah. Right?
1: Yeah, and then there's I don't want to leave anybody out. Um,
2: you know, that's like awesome. some
1: of the, the Ahmad Foston is big. Like yes, that, that's a big running back. Yeah, they yes. were
2: talking about him in that video they released. They're like Ahmad <laughs> Faustin can't compete.
1: Well, I was like <laughs> just looking at his height next to the other running backs. I was like, whoa. Yeah. like
0: yeah. he's big. He's a, he's a big boy. Yeah. What means, so Yeah, and then Will Patrick, him of course. Yeah, they've got him in six foot but they've they've also got him at 218. Now technically Ronnie Walker's also 218, but I'm telling you what. Faustin, when I interviewed him in spring, I mean, he is a he was a fr- grown grown man. I mean, he's got he's got his traps have traps. You know what I'm saying? Like it's just it's absurd how like uh he he's well, he's way beyond most most like where most guys in his his point of his career would be. You know in terms of his development like if they can, if they can figure out how to use him, you know, that's a, uh, you know, it's gonna be another to guy that
1: might not be a front of the bus guy, but he doesn't look like uh, what you might think or like a walk on is Sackett Wood. Like
0: mm, yeah.
1: he looks like he belongs, um, and I think I don't think they're treating him like a guy that walked on here. Like he was, he seemed to be pretty involved yesterday. So like I wouldn't be surprised if he plays quite a bit.
2: Do we think he's on scholarship yet?
1: I mean, he might be. Actually, I think Bronco might have put him on scholarship, but you know, it's just like a different vibe around, like even like Paris Jones, guys like that, that that walked on. You know, um, I think I don't think you can take for granted that he's not going to play play at this point. I think.
2: Yeah, I would say him and if he's not him and Ant Fisher will be on scholarship before the season starts. Mm-hmm. Just, just a, just a hunch. Potentially, yeah. Let's see.
0: All right, let's get into the airing of grievances. We're forty some minutes in. Uh, Dave, do you just want me to give you the floor? Or do you want me to set you up?
2: Um, I mean, I've got plenty of the air. <laughs> <laughs> well, Damn. all right. I'll, I'll, I'm sure I'll Justin does too, but I'll set it up like this. I'm not going to be the, the ringleader of the now, air. Well,
0: yeah, you, you were, you were, you were chomping at the bit. So I was just, I was playing that up. Um, so listen, I, I think there are times where, where we have seen stuff that we've, uh, you know, commented to each other about and then not really brought up on the pod and all this fun stuff. And I don't necessarily think that like, uh. I don't necessarily think that like it's like over the line, like egregious, but there's definitely been this like weird vibe the last like you know a couple months or so, and you, you would think that some of the folk, some of the fans I've seen out there, and Dave, tell me if this is where you are with it. Some of the stuff I've seen fans say, like, are they excited? Because like it, I, it's almost like they're looking for any reason they can to be not just pessimistic, but just be like, like almost. Like antagonistic about it, and I don't get that at all. Like, you know, oh, you know, they can't recruit, and I'm like, what are we talking about? Like, did anybody really think that like Tony Elliott was going to ride in on like a white horse, and the minute that he like touched down in Charlottesville, like they were going to have a Clemson sized program? Clearly people which, like, did think that because if they did, <laughs> you like know. you said, that was then you played yourself. Like, what are you talking about? But anyway, that's kind of where I am with the Dave. Is that I just see a lot of people out there who are who's either their expectations are just wildly off base or two, they're just looking for things to be like frustrated about. And I don't get it at all.
2: Well, yeah. I mean, I I think that's where I am. And it's, you know, if there's always been a complaint of mine, it's that, you know, Virginia basketball has fervent fans, right? They'll strike you if you like say anything bad about the program. And we've talked about this before, but football wise it's always seemed on Twitter, especially Virginia fans are more apt to like joke on themselves than they are to, defend the program right and for a little while that seemed to go away and if anything it's not back now it's actually kind of switched where like there's this uh, it's i'd say the last month it's been really bad it's been just this negativity complaining you know it from everything from talking about uniforms and not enough social media content to complaining about recruiting results um I don't get it. Like it's, it's self perpetuating. Like, you know, if you, if you're not happy with where the program is right now, like, look, you have a right, you know, maybe you want to be somewhere else. You know, there's a way you can fix that. There's a booster club. You can donate a lot of money to. Um, but it's just, it's mind boggling to me because I, I don't like, where was all this fervent support when they were winning? Right. Like what do I need to hear the complaining now? Um, Look, 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 I guess there's there's three phases of it, right? There's the recruiting angle, like, and a lot of the recruiting stuff. I, I think, like, I'll just there's two two offers that haven't gone out that seem to be driving everyone yeah. crazy. I think and that, like, I think people are so
1: mad about that that they're like they're like mad about other stuff because of that. Yeah.
2: And I'm I'm giving. I think that's the origin. I think it's the Zahir offer, right? That's the one, and I've mentioned in on a podcast months ago. Cause it doesn't make sense. It is not there, but I'm not, not on the ground. Um, and I, I know other people have said this, so it's not an original thought, but you know, Tony Elliott has some Bronco in him, right? He's an engineer. He's going to think culture is important to him. Um, he's not going to just offer people he hasn't met. So it's going to be a little different until he gets his feet wet and gets in here. Like, it feels like Virginia fans forget that unlike Virginia tech who for the past two years is trying to get rid of their coach and going through, like, just bagging on themselves, you know, they kind of gotten to where Virginia fans had, where Virginia Tech fans were more likely to, outside of busing on UVA, joke on themselves about choking and all the stuff and needing to make changes. They are kind of building up to this, and they've got pry in there, and Virginia fans are acting like Virginia Tech's out there with a the top 10 class, like, yeah. Virginia, Tech's like thirty seventh or thirty eighth in rivals. The only difference is three or four guys, basically. Not, not they don't have four stars. You know, they basically have the exact same class as Virginia with just three or four more guys. A few of those who aren't in the state of Virginia anyway. So, if that's your argument, you know, if that's your crux of your argument, I think you need to dig a little deeper because that's not it. Yeah. And that you know, dog don't hunt. a different different thing. And then you know, you add that. <laughs> i don't know the whole thing is weird i don't get it yet it seems like no matter what comes out there's complaints whether it's the uniform filter you know the uniforms like this absurd like obsession with black uniforms and white shoes like get it if you want white shoes great Get them. black uniforms i'm sure you guys have opinions on that this doesn't (laughs) this isn't 2005 (laughs) um and then As much as like people complaining about energy and videos, like, come on, guys. Like, literally, Coach Elliott said the team came out too pumped yesterday. They couldn't make it to the end of practice. This reminds me, you know what it reminds me of?
0: What it reminds me of is that, like, sometimes you'll be in like JPJ, it'll just be rocking, and the people at home will be like, it sounds dead. And I'm like, well, that's because you're relying (laughs) on a microphone right? That's like, a good point. <laughs> and, and, and I hate to be the bearer of bad news guys, but like the way you hear the game at home has nothing to do with the way the game actually is played. Um, like the players are not be like, yeah, you know, it was really loud in there, but I think the people at home couldn't hear it so well. So that's why, you know, I didn't get nervous. Like, that's not how this works. Right. Yeah. And also, like, like I mean,
1: it doesn't even have to be great, but it's like, you know, I'll be at the game and see those tweets and I'll be like, it's not bad. It's not like a bad atmosphere. Yeah, like,
0: exactly. And what 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 I understand and, and like I get it. Right. So you're 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 watching video from practice, you know, Um you're used to practices on the turf field where, if they were outside or inside, and the music was on, it sounded louder. You know why? Because there's a building, right? Now there's an open that that, that entire side is open, right? So everything doesn't echo the same way. But what I was thinking about, Dave, as you were talking, was like, you know, I I get I get people, you know, are like, I, I think. Ultimately, people have their own preconceived notions. And I think one of the things about Tony is, to your point, you know, Bronco was, a, you know, they, they're similar in some ways, you know, engineer this and that kind of thing. The thing about Tony that's different is he's not stubborn, right? I think he is mindful and he is certainly purposeful, but he's not stubborn. If there's a kid that, that, that he thought, right, deserved to get an offer, he would, I believe, offer the kid, even if he had not offered the kid for a certain amount of time. He's not going to just stop, not do it because he just said he wasn't going to, right? Bronco, I could 100% believe that that's a thing he would do, right? Bronco and them used to put these kids in these spots where they'd be like, um, well, you're, you're going to commit to us in 24 hours, Right? And I'm not really into, and I don't think we probably should wait, you know, wade into like airing some of the stuff we've heard sure. here, here and there. But I do think it's it's fair to say like there were definitely times where they put hard sells on kids that they shouldn't have put and that cost them recruitments, right? It absolutely cost them commitments over time. Guys that they thought should just commit to them because they were Virginia and they had offered, and why are they not just saying yes? Right. And so they put these kids on these time frames. Kids were like, "No, nah, I'm not going to do that." And then kid took their their business elsewhere, right? Like this idea that like the staff is going to be stubborn about kids they haven't offered or whatever. I just don't. That's just not realistic. Not not this staff. The old one maybe. That I could see. This one I just I can't get it. If they thought the if they thought kid X or kid Y was good enough, they would offer them. Not and it didn't matter, right? Um, and I feel like for some folks. It does is like a preconceived sort of like, um, I don't want to say like folks are like worried that like he's not the right fit or anything like that, but it does certainly fit with this like people tend to, they, they do seem at times lately to want to have the negative point of view on things. And so like they're hell bent on it and it doesn't matter what the facts and the reality says, you know, like if you look at Virginia's recruiting class, it's not like, you know, you want to print it on t-shirts, right? Virginia's had some classes like that. How'd that work out? Right. Um, But it's also not like I mean, it's not, you know, it's not something to be all frustrated about. Um, You know, they've moved the needle in state They're It's you know, they don't get the bump of a new staff when the new coach is not someone who has won before right? he. You don't have the piece of like, here's a person who is connected to these high schools and therefore he's coming home and now, he, you know, all the whatever, not to mention that the in-state recruiting, I mean, it, it, there were a lot of, pro, there were a lot of holes that had to be, you know, potholes that had to be filled before you can drive that road. So I don't know, man, I just, I'm not really sure where the expectations are, but I feel like um, if, if folks could just sort of put that stuff to the side and just like focus on what's actually real, there's, there's plenty of stuff to be excited about. There's just, there just is. Yeah. You know, and I,
2: Sorry, Justin. I was just gonna say, like um, you have to keep in mind you know, and I'm sure you said it like Tony came in late. He what, the coach wasn't fired. He came in, came in late. Um, and there was some hijinks going on before he got here. And it wasn't exactly a a great highway set up between the state of Virginia schools and University of Virginia. Um, so it's gonna take some time to rebuild that anyway. I mean, if you want to compare where Virginia is to some other programs. I think you're going to be disappointed, but if you compare where they are now, especially in state to where they have been the last few years, I think you have to be encouraged.
1: Yeah. And and my thing is like, I think part of the, there's a few things that play, I think Dave hit on a bunch of them. I think another thing that people get, I've heard a lot of criticism is like the offer lists of their commits. Um, I get it. Like, you know, they don't, they're not beating out like Penn state for all their guys. Um, I don't think people should get like as caught up in that. I mean, so I'm not like somebody that, you know, I don't have access to every high school play of every player they have committed. And I don't have, you know, I'm not an expert. Like I've never coached football before, but I can tell you there have been other years um, where I've looked at guys that have committed to UVA and I've been like, eh, like I don't know if he's like an ACC caliber player Um, and, or it's good. That's a project. Right. Sometimes I've been right. Sometimes I've been wrong. Um, And the same goes for the good players, right. Or the players that are highly recruited. Um, I've watched the guys in this class and I think they're pretty good. Like there might be like a project or two in there, but I don't think you're looking at like 14 projects. Like Cam Robinson is a good player. Calandria, the quarterback is good. Um, Or like, I think they are. I think there's talent at other you know positions in the recruiting class. I think they're doing fine. This is going to be a small class anyway. I think people need to chill out a little bit about it. If they were taking guys that I didn't think were good, I would be like – I would kind of understand it. I'd probably be keeping my mouth shut right now, you know? Like I wouldn't say what I'm saying. Um, but I think they'll be okay. Um, and if anything, I think at UVA what you have to do is you have to identify talent early under the radar guys and develop them. I mean, Bronco did a pretty good job at that. Charles Snowden and, and a bunch of other guys, you know, you could name, um, didn't have a bunch of offers, but they, they identified their skill, their talent on Tavian Wicks, another one. Um, and they brought them in and they succeeded. And, you know, you, you don't want to build your entire class out of flyers, but um, this staff, you know, you have a coach that was at Clemson and you have a bunch of guys and this goes back to like the energy level and all this stuff. Like, yes, Tony's been at Clemson. Yes. Bronco kind of ran things a lot more like, I don't want to say seriously, but it was all about like hard work and all that stuff, right? That was like the mantra of the program. I don't know that, I mean, this staff isn't saying we're not going to work hard, but it did feel a little bit more relaxed in terms of like people didn't feel it's on edge, which I think is good, but people were working hard at practice yesterday. Like I didn't see anything to make me think they weren't working hard. I mean, like dudes were like about to throw up like after practice and
0: and apparently throwing up, which I didn't. Yeah. So
1: I mean, like, yeah, yeah. I mean, like, It wasn't like a country club atmosphere, like people seem to think it might have been, or some people. I'm not saying everybody, Um, but you know, like I I just feel like, and I don't know how much of this is like, there might still be some like hurt feelings about the deck situation. I don't know. I mean, like I haven't heard that recently. That's a really
0: good point. That's a, but I feel like
1: people are like programmed to kind of like not give him the benefit of the doubt that new coaches like always seem to get.
0: Yeah. Yeah.
1: And, a good and point. maybe, and maybe too, it's because like, usually when you get a new coach, like in Virginia tech situation, you're replacing like a bad situation. Whereas like Bronco, I mean, even with all the issues, wasn't like a bad situation really. So like, you know, you're not saying like, Oh, anybody else, please. You know, like, but um, yeah, I think like, regardless of how he got hired, I mean, I think he deserves a chance. He's certainly qualified for this job. I think he's a good fit. Everything that I've heard him say, and we haven't really talked to, since I went to the media lunch last week with all the assistants. I was very impressed with them. Like regardless of their backgrounds and one of the things I meant to say a minute ago was like if they're not working hard don't you think the five coaches that just came from service academies would be the first people to point that out? Like
0: Yeah, that's a good point. Like
1: they're going to know, you know what I mean? Like um and and those guys also like can identify talent and find under the radar players and stuff like that. So I'm not saying like I'm not saying there's no reason to not be happy about something like I'm I'm not going to I take pride in like not sugarcoating things if they're bad. But they haven't played a game yet. They're going to be judged on what happens on the field. And I do before we get to the preseason predictions, I do want to say like, yes, they have some advantageous things in their favor this year um, with the quarterback coming back and skill guys and the schedule and all that. I think they have a chance to be pretty good or at least like competitive. Um, If they're average because of the scheme changes and maybe a couple of things don't go the way that we think that's like a new co a first year coach should kind of get that expectation. Right. Um, Especially at a place like Virginia where you don't have all the advantages. So I hope that people aren't like expecting the moon and like he gets blamed. Like if they go like six and six, for example, because you know, like defense doesn't come along as quickly as we hope or whatever, I hope that they're not people aren't just like already out on the coach because they didn't win nine games, um, which is not really a realistic expectation that UVA fans seem to have anyway. So, yeah, I'm a little weird. It's just kind of like a weird vibe among some of the fans recently. It's not like it's not like everybody's like pissed off, like fire him. But like, I feel like people are just like out to like get annoyed about stuff.
2: I'm, I'm just hoping this to July Like you know, yeah, it could just the be the off season yeah.
1: You know and I mean like,
0: like and Realistically like let's not let's not Let's not kid ourselves right like the world In some ways is still kind of a hard place to be right now Right there's a whole lot going on There's you know stuff like, you know, there's a lot Going on right so like it might Just be something that's not even really related To all this you know it's just there's a lot of Like I don't for lack of Animosity in the air anyway right People are just sort of like fed up in a lot of ways Um
2: some of that, yeah, for the record, six wins would be like the record for a first year Virginia coach.
0: <laughs> yeah. And that's what I mean. Like, I feel like people
1: are like the way that this year sets up, people are conditioned to, and I even said it before, the, like, you know, earlier in the offseason, like they're set up to have a chance to be good if things fall into place. But I don't think you can just be like, if they don't win any games, he's a bad coach. Like, yeah. Um, and also, like, I think part of the the core of the issue here is that people with all the recruiting stuff and everything else that's going on, is people seem to think he doesn't get it or like he doesn't understand like the gravity of the position or like, and and his staff and the UVA support staff. um, And like they, either they don't get it or like, they're just kind of comfortable with like just coasting through things and like, aren't paying, like, aren't paying attention as much as the fans, the fans need to come to a practice if they ever open one up, because like there, you would not believe how intricate the stuff is. And like with everything from like, which, what periods you're going to do first to you know, like who's where and like what coaches are wearing, where they're going to be on the actual fields. And then the hydration breaks and then like monitoring players hydration. And then this guy got nicked up. Like, how does the coach find out about like, do you know how much stuff you have to know? Like black uniforms and like how many tweets they send out during the cookout are pretty far down the list.
0: Yeah, And and those
1: things don't make Alabama good.
0: (laughs) I want to, I want to make a point real quick and say that I think UVA would actually do itself a favor in a lot of ways, if they open some of these things up, I do. I agree with that. I, I, I think that part of the problem here is that, and no, this is no disrespect to all of our friends who who work um, for the university and stuff, but like you need to give fans the opportunity to see the team that is not in video packages. That is not in, um, you know, stuff that's on the, on the, you know, the school website, right. That's on the school in the school's social media. You need to give them a chance to see their own stuff. Right. Um, I, I know that they, that there's a lot of thought process into like how to improve the fan experience and stuff at Scott Stadium. We have certainly talked about that here on this very program, but I, but one of the things I think that's missing is making the connection between the fans and the team before they ever come out of the tunnel. Right. I'm not saying you got to open up every practice, and I know coaches are paranoid as hell when it comes to like how many people are going to watch us and da 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 da. But even if you had a period or two that were open where fans could come if they wanted to, right? Some of them see, won't be able to. holders, you know. But yes, but exactly. or it's you like or something. it's
1: like you just you you do what they do with the media to some extent. I don't think they do this on purpose necessarily, but like you know, if you don't want people to see something specific, then don't show it. Like
0: and I and I get that like coaches will be like, Oh, but I don't want to be hamstrung. You know what I mean? Like I get get that. But but the bottom line to me is is that UVA could do more here to All NFL practices
1: are open and and teams still find ways to score points. Like
2: (laughs) you know what I mean? That's yeah, I mean, but that's up that's something you simply you could like I was joking, but you know, you want to sell more season tickets, say, Hey season ticket holders you get to come to X number practices practices no, I got you,
0: I, and I understand the logistical challenge of that because of sort of what's going on and where you're putting people. But they're not going to show stuff. up.
2: That's the thing. You just but got that's, to open.
0: That's it. The, that's the bottom line. And honestly, I think that's the reason they don't do it because they are afraid of what it says about the program if only a smattering of people are there lined up on the hill or whatever. Um, because that was the way the, the last open practices, the last ones that existed. That was the way it was. Is you had to oh, smattering of fans, but mm-hmm. like even that, but like though the thing is, is that those people who sit on the hill, that little not, when I say hill, I don't mean like you know, it's got a stadium hill. I mean like the little embankment on the side of the field at, at McHugh that will soon be getting torn apart. Yeah, Uh, it's not even
1: really there anymore, right?
0: (laughs) But like that, the the folks who sat there in the sun and watched those practices, like they're your acolytes, man. They're the ones who go out in the public and sing your praises and talk about how great you are because they saw some interaction that you know nobody from Virginia Sports had a camera on, nobody from the media had a camera on between a coach and a player, or a player and a player, and that made them feel more connected to the school that they pull for, right? And the more often you can make those things available to people the better it is and i understand i understand the idea of you know you make your own content you put i get it i trust me i do i'm just saying that like you really could help yourself out uh, on a certain on a certain level if you allowed folks to see it for themselves uh, at least in some way shape or form
2: yeah i mean just kind of put a bow on all this criticism and why why it's just head scratching to me is I mean, not, not to rehash the timeline, but, you know, Elliot got hired in what, mid-December, early December? You um, know, And then Bronco is still coaching the team, right? So at that point, when, when Tony Elliott becomes head coach, he gets announced. What's his number one focus? It's Brennan Armstrong and the rest of the dudes in the portal yeah, trying to get them got. out, right? <laughs> and then it's keeping the class you already have committed going through that and seeing if, you know, making sure you want to keep them and keeping them because early signing day and, you know, whatever. And then it's realizing, oh, crap, we need a, we need a, you know, buttload of linemen. So then he immediately has to focus on shoring up the offensive line, adding some depth to the defensive line and replacing what he lost. So they brought in what six between his hiring and February signing day, six offensive linemen, if I'm correct. Five freshmen, one grad transfer, right? Something like that, um, yeah. And, and then one freshman. And so seven, because you have Hollensteiner, who ultimately decided to give a football. Um, Flores, Hollensteiner, and then the five freshmen all got signed in that, you know, all committed, came on board. Plus you got a Akira, Cam Butler, Jack Camper. Um, they did some work, right? So it, 2023 wasn't his focus during that two months. His focus was getting this team decent. Um, and then, you know, got Brennan to stay, which like y'all can say, Brennan ultimately decided to stay on his own that Ellie had to sell him. So that's his focus. And he turned to 2023, which Virginia wasn't exactly off to a rousing start to start with, didn't have a lot of guys committed. Um, the one they did had, you know, left pretty quickly and then making inroads and then, and Elliot's defense he wasn't recruiting very many guys on Virginia's radar at Clemson, right? right. <laughs> yeah. You know, so it's not like he could go, Oh, let me go up and talk to so-and-so at, at Highland Springs. We are recruiting him at Clemson. Well, that dude's a five-star. He's not coming to Virginia or whatever. Um, so look, I, I think you've got to, you got to give the guy some rope. The only people complaining about it are Virginia fans. Everyone else on the, you know, I've heard yeah, everybody else is like, he's media. doing fine. <laughs> yeah. So say like, yeah, he's just got work to do, right? Not meaning work to do this year, work to do in the future. And, you know, if we're in the same position next August, you know, with the 2024 class, I think you can scratch your head, but the unnecessary and no one's noticing it until you as Virginia fans complain about it on Twitter. I don't get it on your message boards, whatever. If you (laughs) behind a paywall now is not safe as people on a board behind a paywall. Message board geniuses
1: does great work.
2: They do. Um, (laughs) and we haven't even gotten into the whole cookout fiasco fiasco like if you don't understand the point of the cookout and you think it's a big recruiting event take five seconds search clemson cookout go to the first youtube video and you'll what they're about i laughed so hard when you send me that I, it was like
1: literally mission statement of that of that thing was like in the first 15 seconds from the video yeah. it's like <laughs> it's, this like, it's is for the guys, guys that are event. already committed like, yeah
2: this is a all-in cookout we'll have a couple of recruits there but this is about com- getting everyone who's committed to lock in. It's called the all-in cookout. That's what it was at Clemson. That's what it's clearly going to be here. Um, just I, I just so have I get to get football just, started so people. I was going to say.
0: <laughs> I have this mental image of uh, of 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 Tony Elliott scurrying around <laughs> to all of the all of the people on like the hill, you know, coming to a practice and being like. Is this? Do you like this? Do you, you know what I'm saying? Like, gosh, man, the pe- like the the way that, like the way that people think that the that folks are supposed to just like tailor everything to them. You know, like the the black jersey people, like no, no, no disrespect, but like, what are we talking about? Like, I understand you. That want to one say doesn't different. even.
1: That one just like well, that's a personal preference. Like that, that you but can but, like, ask for it, but things, it doesn't. Yeah, like
0: that's just one of those things. that's like if you if you ask for a, for a colored. For a color of the of the jersey that is not a color of the school, I'm just I don't know I don't know what to do. Like I don't know how to explain it to you. Um, it, I just I I don't get it. Like I yeah I mean like
1: it's all if you if you want black jerseys I'm not going to tell you you're like you can't like you can't think that. But you
0: know. I mean like real, real talk, if you're like I waiting been,
1: for them to roll it out you're going to
0: keep waiting. <laughs> like I have been a fan of UVA my whole life right and never a single time have i thought to myself self i would really love to see him in black no no like never once. navy blue or Donald no Dash. why i just don't get it i don't get it and then like if you saw it out there you saw a picture and you're like well that looks funny I, does anybody think that like if they were really in their you know they were really in their plans for things were going to be like hey we're going to roll out the black jerseys how are we going to do it Let's just randomly drop it on, on Instagram. A random July post. And it wasn't you know? like,
1: I forget who it was, like who the player it was, but it was not like Brennan Armstrong. Yeah, exactly.
0: It was like, and it was in like a, in like a, one of those like Instagram, you know, shares where it's like, you can From it. The player. Yeah, yeah, exactly. It wasn't like the school even put it out. I'm like, guys, this is just not how this would work. And like,
2: it also makes me feel like everyone on Twitter is like 12 years old and missed the whole (laughs) London era. We rolled out a different uniform like every game.
0: Yeah. Now look, I I have no, I have no problem. I have no problem with different approaches when it comes to uniforms. You want to do a bunch of different stuff, different helmets and stuff, generate excitement because, okay, cool. I'm fine with that. Like, we did that. It was kind of terrible. Um, but I, you know, hey, if the, if the jerseys are right, if they'll fix, I mean, like, look, you want to talk to me about jerseys, talk about fixing the numbers and maybe I'm, I'll, I'll, I'll sign your petition. But like, I also get like the idea of like, oh, well, they're going to, you know, take the stripe off the helmet, go back to a traditional look. That looks cool. I got it. Cool. Let's, let's see what that looks like. Uh, but the whole like, oh, they're going to have a blackout. Like, what? No, that's not, no, that doesn't make any sense. That is, that is not how any of this works. Um, it's like Han Solo and and Star. He's like, that's not how the Force. This is not how it works, man. You don't get to just decide. Like that's what Duke did. Duke one day decided, you know what? Black is now one of our colors. And I'm like, no, it was not. And every time they wear those stupid black jerseys, I'm like, they kind dumb. of phased it out a little bit. They kind like, and they should because it was dumb. It was dumb as a box of rocks. It was dumb, um, which is probably about as. Uh, much I want to talk about Duke tonight is anything else Alright let's uh let's land this plane Uh you guys got anything else Um before people start yelling at us Um
1: not really I mean honestly Like I I appreciate The engagement and stuff like that you know Like I, I I can't make people do Anything but come to games like Try to make a difference if you Think things if you think they need so much help Like come to games like You know you're either a fan Or you're not right like
0: you either a fan or you're not.
1: I mean, you can try to like live off of like you know. I used to go to games in like 1998, and you know whatever. But if you're like around Charlottesville, and you're not going to games or like engaging in the most you know positive way that you can. Then like you know, people. Why are people listening to you?
2: Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, if you if you if you think your take on Twitter is makes sense, and I'm wrong. You can find me at 8 a.m. any tailgate morning on my tailgate spot and come talk Wait, to me. Now you're going to invite them and, to the tailgate? Why are no, we I'm doing this? No, I'm just saying, like, because no, do I'm there at 8 a.m. when we're two and nine playing okay, tech, Okay, right?
0: But also, you know, can we not but, have them like we're going to interrupt my piece? Like, you're not. I kind of want to hang. <laughs> oh, oh, shots fired! What? No. I'm in this. if
1: anybody wants to come explain why they think that like the, everything's broken or whatever, we'll, we have we'll have a beer with your with your name on it. Like,
0: yeah. And we can no, tell you got I, one beer to prove me no. wrong. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> one beer to prove me wrong. No, I'll just tell you, I'll just tell you like this. If you show up at AM and try to talk to me about black jerseys, we're not going to have a long conversation. I'm going to be, um, I'm going to be in my phone or something else. I just don't even know. I don't know what to do with that. I'm sorry. I just don't. Do you guys
1: remember real quick before we left? Like tech had those black jerseys they wore against Boise state. Yep. They were like terrible.
0: Uh, I, I did not remember that. Um, <laughs> yeah. I'm going to look that up in a second. Um, and I'm going to enjoy the fact you that you know why Tech terrible. has
2: black jerseys because maroon and orange is hideous.
0: <laughs> yeah, they're trying something different.
2: <laughs> Remember the Clemson black jerseys or the you know, no, <laughs> no you don't, oh, I no. I don't think so. Yeah, only thing Clemson wears is their championship pants, their championship bridges.
0: All I know, no. look, look, actually, look. now I
1: just got the idea that I might try to go to like the SEC championship game and like ask Nick Saban if he's considering like black uniforms. She,
2: Tony amazing. should say, it's we'll wear black just uniforms in the ACC title game or NCAA title oh my, game. Don't, don't do this. <laughs> don't. H-
0: can I just say real quick on jerseys? All right, I would just like to go to Illinois and steal basically everything they do. Because I feel like all every every time I see one of Illinois' stuff, I'm like,
2: damn, that looks really good. The eye is intimidating. Their basketball Lock, uniforms are great. I don't like yeah, their
0: I'm just saying, like the way that they use the different colors and stuff. But yeah, Virginia Like, look, we we all want to talk about jerseys. We can one day we can get into why Virginia basketball doesn't think orange exists anymore. Yeah, like, I get yeah. It. I'm I'm not gonna fight you on that one. Like, that's, <laughs> yeah, that's a true. Yeah, that's the, the women's blue. The women's navy
2: jersey is so much better.
0: Oh my gosh, they're great. They're so good, dude. If you wanna if you wanna come argue about how like they should have orange in something related to the the men's basketball program, we will actually not only will we invite you to the tailgate, we will actually also provide. You with the alcohol because we will Buy it for you to toast you because you are Correct <laughs> um, no that does not Mean all of you can flood the tailgate don't tell them where we Don't Don't ruin our opsec Alright I think that's a good Place to run the plane What do y'all think Sounds good I yeah, mean if you need instructions for the
1: Tailgate you can tweet at Damon Dillman on
0: <laughs> Oh I, I hope nobody does that. I don't even know if that's his handle It was, I think it is that Damon Dillman. I haven't seen him tweet
2: since. since What about Kyle? Can we tweet Kyle? (laughs) Yeah, tweet Kyle.
0: He's he's listening to the podcast. Hey, Kyle. Um, So, anyway, all right. If you are somebody out there who found the podcast through the website, thank you very much for giving us a listen. If you don't mind, look us up on all of the various podcast apps. And if we're not there, let me know because we should be there. Um, We're not supposed to say, I guess, subscribe there because now it's follow. just one of those. Industry trends that I just don't get. So anyway, you can follow us there. You can follow us on Instagram. You can follow us on Twitter. Um, but also rating, ratings and reviews are great. Now, if you're somebody who's found the pod but you have not given us a look at the said website yet, check us out CavsCorner.com. Ferber's notes are on the um, on the message board. We got video of Lavelle Davis. He did a uh, sit down, so to speak, with Rosinski and um, Dez Kitchens that are both on the website. Um, lots of football and basketball recruiting stuff going on as well. Look at you just getting phone calls and whatnot in the middle of my uh, in the middle of my thing. Um, I want to thank My Perfect Franchise for their support of the website and of the show. You can visit MyPerfectFranchise.net for more information on how you can find freedom in your next venture and discover the perfect franchise for you. I also want to thank everybody out there for supporting the show, and of course, Dave and Ferber for giving graciously their time. As always, I very much appreciate all that they do. So, for David Spitz and Justin Ferber, I'm Brad Franklin, publisher of CapsCore.com. Thanks for coming out. See you soon.